Hey family, welcome to the Hands Up, Don't Shoot podcast, where I, your host, Ashley France Howell, tell the stories of Black victims of police brutality. Thank you so much for listening. Before I get started, I did want to talk to you guys for a little bit. I promise it really is just for a little bit. When I first thought about starting this podcast, I had this idea in mind. I had somewhat of a vision But what I didn't realize was how small I was thinking. Before researching, I didn't realize the amount of people who had been affected by police brutality. And to be honest, it seemed almost like I was wearing rose-colored glasses. You know, I see what happens on TV. I see the news articles. I see the social media updates. But in the grand scheme of things that was just a drop in the bucket. I knew police brutality existed and I knew that it was a bad problem, but what I didn't know was how bad it really was. Well, rather is. So after doing more research, and this is something that I mentioned not too long ago, I learned about probably hundreds of people who have been killed by police in the United States. And I am still learning every day. I didn't really know what my end goal with this podcast was or even how long I would go about doing this, but I'm starting to realize more and more that this is a topic that needs to be talked about and needs to be put in the light and to understand that there is so much more than what we see on TV and on social media. Of course, there are those cases out there that we'll never find out about because they've either been swept under the rug, never mentioned by the media, and they will probably never be brought up. And while this podcast is really near and dear to my heart, I didn't realize how invested in it I would be. And by invested, I mean time and money. I still have a full-time job and I still have my family to take care of. And so I really appreciate your support and coming back every week to listen to my stories. And I hope that while they are sad and upsetting, that they're putting a bit of fire in your heart to go out and try to make a change. It doesn't necessarily have to be protesting. You can start an advocacy group. You can vote and get to know your local officials, and make sure they know what's going on in your town and that you're vocal about the changes that you want to see. So I do want to let you guys know that in the next few weeks, I'll be making a few changes and then not to the content, but sort of to the overall look and message of HUDSPOD. And I'm really excited for you guys to see what's happening So stay tuned for that. Now that I have taken up enough of your time, I want to welcome you to episode 13. Today, I'll be telling you the story of Henry Dumas. 
Henry Dumas was born on July 20th, 1934 in Sweet Home, Arkansas. Yes, Sweet Home is the name of the town that he was born in. His parents were Appliance Porter and Henry Dumas Sr., a.k.a. Big Henry. When Henry was 10, he and his family moved to Harlem, New York. He graduated from Commerce High School in Harlem and then attended City College in New York and quit after attending for only a year. That same year, he joined the Air Force and was stationed in San Antonio, Texas. He was also stationed for a year on the Arabian Peninsula. During his time in the Air Force, Henry was a contributor to the Air Force periodicals where he won numerous creative writing awards. Around that time, he also met a woman named Loretta Ponton, and they got married on September 24, 1955. After being discharged from the Air Force in 1957, Henry decided that he would attend Rutgers University in New Jersey as a sometimes part-time, sometimes full-time student. He had three goals in mind, and not necessarily in any order, but One, he wanted to become a writer. Two, he wanted to earn his degree. And three, he wanted to start a family with Loretta. Henry and Loretta did later on have two boys that they named Michael and David. In the spring of 1961, Henry published two short stories and two poems. He was struggling with his course load and not doing very well in some of his classes, but he always excelled in his language and literature classes. Henry ended up leaving Rutgers in 1965 without completing his degree, but during his time in school, he worked as a printer operator for about a year at IBM and as a social worker for the state of New York for another year. During this time and for the rest of his life, he was pretty active in the civil rights movement and he helped transport items to civil rights workers in Tennessee and Mississippi. In 1967, Henry began working as the Upward Bound Director at Hiram College in Ohio and later the Director of Language Workshops at Southern Illinois University. Writing was Henry's passion, and his creative collection grew. He was published here and there, but much of his work remained unpublished. And one thing that's ironic is that some of Henry's work included stories about the death and violence against Black people at the hands of police officers, and unfortunately, he was killed by one. On May 23, 1968, in the early morning hours, Henry was on the platform of 125th Street and Lenox Avenue train station in New York. So that we know. Now, the circumstances surrounding his death have been a mystery since it happened. There are different ideas of what happened, but no official witnesses have come forth. Here is a version of what could have happened according to an article I read from NPR. It says, quote, One of the only known accounts of the night Dumas was killed comes from an obituary 
and the Amsterdam News, a Black-owned newspaper in New York City that was founded in 1909. Police said Dumas and an unidentified man were scuffling in the subway when the officer walked up to them and attempted to stop the fracas, the obit reads. Police said Dumas, resentful at the interference, slashed the officer who shot and killed him. Without the benefit of photographic evidence or firsthand witnesses to accompany the official police report, it is impossible to know the full story of what happened that night. It's also impossible to take in Dumas's story without acknowledging that the track record of believability when it comes to official accounts of black deaths at the hands of law enforcement isn't a clean one, end quote. There are other theories that state that it may have been a case of mistaken identity where the police officer thought that Henry was someone else. And for all we know, it could be both theories sort of tied into one. But we will never know for sure because case files have since been lost. Again, no formal witnesses have come forth and little to nothing is known about what happened in the aftermath of the investigation. Henry was 33 years old. At the time of his death, Henry had already completed a few short stories as well as poetry manuscripts. A fellow poet and one of Henry's former colleagues, Eugene Redmond, turned his poems into a book. He then brought it to well-known poet Toni Morrison. She said, quote, He had written some of the most beautiful, moving, and profound poetry and fiction that I have ever in my life read, end quote. At the time, she was an editor for Random House and worked with Eugene to get Henry's work published. In 1974, she threw... Henry, a posthumous book launch party. In 2009, Henry's cousin, Minnie Porter Hayes, established the Henry L. Dumas Foundation. And according to the foundation's website, the goal is to, quote, create a distinctive cultural and educational venue to be called the Henry L. Dumas Library and Cultural Center, located on a historical site in Sweet Home, Arkansas. The 1.2-acre site is a craftsman-style residence and commercial building, the former Jesse Thomas grocery store, which will both be restored and renovated to house the archival paper and memorabilia of Henry Lee Dumas. The center shall be a unique venue for learning and exchange of resources towards creating an enhanced educational opportunity for all, end quote. So I do want to close this episode out by reading some work by Henry. I highly suggest you check out his his work. It is pretty amazing to read, and you can really feel the emotion in his writing. I'll put a link in the show notes to a couple of his books so you can check them out for yourself. So here is one poem. Knock on wood. I go out to Totem Street, 
we play Neon Monster and Watusi Feet. Killer Sharks chasing behind, we play Hide, Siren, and Outrun Cops. They catch Willie and me, splitting over the fence. They knock in Willie's head hole. They kick me Watusi down for dead. Like yesterday, running feet in my brain, won't stop Willie looking blood, begging me cut off blackjack pain. So whenever you see me coming, crazy Watusi, you call me Watusi. I keep a wooden Willie blade and bone out that fence. A high Willie the Conqueror, listen, up there he talking, wouldn't really got all the sense. I go out to Siren Street, don't play no more. Me and Willie beat a certain beat. Aiming wood carving shadows, sometimes I knock on wood with fist. Me and Willie play together in, and we don't miss. And I have one more for you. It's called The Zebra Goes Wild Where the Sidewalk Ends. Neon stripes tighten my wall, where my crayon landlord hangs from a bent nail. My black father sits crooked in the kitchen, drunk on Jesus' blood, turned to cheap wine. In his tremor, he curses, the landlord who grins from inside the rent book. My father's eyes are bowls of cotton. He sits upon the landlord's operating table, the needle of the nation sucking his soul. Chains of light race over my stricken city, glittering webs spun by the white widow spider. I see this wild arena where we are harnessed by alien electric shadows. Even when the sun washes the debris, I will recall my landlord hanging in my room and my father moaning in Jesus' tomb. In America, all zebras are in the zoo. I hear the piston bark and IBM spark. Let us program rabies. The madness is foaming now. No wild zebras roam the American plain. The mad dogs are running. The African zebra is gone into the dust. I see the shadow thieves coming and my father on the specimen table. And that family was the story of Henry Dumas. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Facebook by searching for the Hands Up, Don't Shoot podcast group on Instagram at HudsPod. And you can check out my website at www.hudspod.com. Remember, HudsPod is spelled H-U-D-S-P-O-D. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes. And if you don't mind, please leave me a five-star review. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast. Stay safe and I'll see you next week.